0: Numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in
2: analytics.
3: Hour number two of a numbers game at VSEN, the sports betting network, VSEN The VSEN app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, iHeart Radio, YouTube, TV. It's all brought to you by ben MGM Nevada. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff, you good man? You having a good morning? You shaved uh, over the weekend? Yeah, there's that out. It was, time. It was out. time to trim it down. The girl, yeah. the girlfriend, told you, "Hey, knock yeah, it, it, knock it off." It was, it was
4: time. It was time. Well, no, uh, the. Uh... <laughs> You know when, when if you grow if you grow your beard out too much it's a little bit of a, a little bit of an an itch can happen every sure. once in a while. Sure. So it was time. It was time, Gilly.
3: All right. Okay. Just wanted to make sure there wasn't a in, Trou- in paradise where she's like, listen, if I'm getting married to you, you shave that thing off and you shave it now. That did not happen. Forrest Lehman, everybody uh, on the tweets. We get tweets at beating the book. Have you delved into winning time yet for NBA fans of our generation? Spectacular. You have, Jeff. The Lakers.
4: I have not watched the one that came out on Sunday. Uh-huh. I've not watched that one yet. Still, my biggest takeaway is they really did Jerry West dirty. They that is murdered. my biggest takeaway.
3: It's all anybody tells me is they murdered Jerry West on this thing for no particular reason. I didn't know he was so reviled. Anyway, I got to watch. It's on my list. I'm watching Bad Vegan right now, which was Crack's recommendation a couple weeks ago. Four-part docuseries with a gambling element in it. Oh, so good. So well done. All true. I like a good scammy docuseries. Uh, This is from Tim Lawson, The Better Life. Uh, Tuesday Tuesday lineup for the nerds, he said. And then we got another one that said, and I'll stop with the tweets here because this triggers uh, another uh, conversation we were having because someone asked, is Mark Borchard the most pure nerd of all of your guests on the show? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we bring in Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert. Now, Mark, I think they meant it with love, right? Because this is Tim Lawson saying this is the nerdy, this is you know top-notch nerdy lineup. And so, my distinction would be: okay, let me try to answer that, you know, as as thoughtfully as I can. Is it nerd like on the spectrum category or nerd not on the spectrum category? Because we have both on this show. It's my people. Um, I think you are the most non spectrumy pure nerd on the show, and that is my highest accolade that I could possibly bestow on you
5: Gil, I'm going to take that as a compliment. it I is love it. yeah
3: it okay. is no one is more wrapped up in his numbers for one co- one purpose than you are to make the world profitable betting baseball
5: it's It's, it's such a, a weird endeavor life endeavor actually to to try to have the best baseball models. In the history of the world. That's I mean, like, right. I could be doing so many other things, I think, but this but this is where I've kind of landed.
3: In the history of the world. Yes. Uh, I uh, I respect. I, Game-recognized game, man. I respect it tremendously. Yuri, um, so we don't want to overreact to what we've seen the first five days of the baseball season, but I love a good overreaction. Uh, I really like a good proper reaction more than anything. Is there anything in the first five days that at least – catches your your attention where you're like okay this could be a thing either from a betting perspective right where you're like oh I got to keep an eye on bullpens oh the new uh, you know maybe there's a new run environment whatever it is or maybe it's about a specific team or a specific player or specific decision making by teams anything that, that, that you've noticed that you need to keep an eye on
5: I think this might be the single most interesting stat and you talk about numbers and I've seen a lot in my lifetime. But the Stephen Kwan from Cleveland, 82 pitches, no swinging strikes. I mean, <laughs> That's you can't awesome. even
3: make that up. I just. Did we lose Mark? There we go. 80, 82 pitches, not a single swinging strike. That is unbelievable because I've seen people swing and miss in a softball game. So, yeah, you know, ball caught in the sun or whatever it is. So that, that was the first thing that leapt off the page for you.
5: Yeah, I think I think that's I think that if you're if you like Cleveland and my numbers tend to like Cleveland, I think that's pretty exciting for you. I mean, this this guy, you know, it's his first year, and I guess he's number three now, rookie of the year odds. He's plus six hundred, which is I, I don't know what Jason has to say about him, but uh, I, I think that uh, I'm excited about. It. I, I I love this. I mean, I, I really like it that the guy. He doesn't swing and miss. I think that's great. All
3: right, so I got a question for you. So last night, we we're on primetime action. We, and listen, be, even before primetime action, I used to take great pride in the fact that we had a little network of friends who would, whenever a position player took the mound, we would have this immediate firing of text back and forth for betting purposes, right? To try to get up whoever was sleep at the wheel somewhere in Costa Rica who didn't realize that a position player was pitching, and you'd have favorable in-game numbers. And so last night, in the Tampa Bay Oakland game. Oakland's leading like eight to nothing after the first. Then it was nine to nothing. But at nine to two late, Tampa Bay, I was it Brett Phillips they put on the mound late in that game. And he's throwing 47 mile per hour gas mark. And I noticed that nobody was texting. Like nobody seemed to realize it. And and what I chalked it up to was it's game four or five of the season. Like are we really doing the position player thing four games into the season or five whatever it was? What are we doing?
5: Yeah, I mean, I guess they want to save their pitchers and it's it's kind of it, to me it would almost be like you want you want to put your pitchers in and give them as much live work as possible. I think that that's one thing that you know, you mentioned like, well, what's different about this year? And and I think that's a big deal. I think that the, not getting the full spring training is really important and certain guys it affects more than others. But, you know, like I thought Corbin Burns was really off. Yeah, I, 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 And so what do you do with, what do you do with your rating on that? Like I, I've got Burns, he's the, he's the base winner, number one. And I think that that's a good rating. I just don't know, like, gosh, I wish, I I really wish Gilda that major league baseball wouldn't have rushed the start of the season. I would have, I would have rather had less games, give them all service time. And uh, kind of have a have a traditional spring training because this makes it difficult. It's challenging now as a handicapper. Like how do you, how do you adjust these rating skill?
3: Well, I mean, listen. When you can have opening day on the first day of the Masters, you've got to take that opportunity, Mark Borchardt. You've got
5: you've got to do it. They Let's just, rush up there. Yeah, the Masters. Yes. The Masters go April seventh. Let's go.
3: So stupid. But I throw that question back to you because that is a great handicapping question. So you don't want to overreact, right, Corbin Burns? You have your numbers. He was a Cy Young. Uh, it was all about the Cy Young race last year and he was at the top of that and and so in the end what, what do you do? Do you just steer clear of games that involve him until further notice just as a as a cautious measure?
5: Yeah, I think I think with him you, you kind of kinda have to override uh, the model and, and I guess you gotta look at and see, you know, what what numbers were were bad. And for me in that first start, his expected walk rate was 13.1%. It's a 12 percentile if you grade it to last year's outings. And so that's where he was really off. His swing and strike percentage was good. He was in the 73rd percentile. Hard hit rate was about average. But I think that that control, that, I think you can directly attribute that to, to lack, of, lack, of, lack of reps, lack of spring training. So mm. for Burns, at least on his next outing, maybe his next two outings, I'm going st- to override the model.
3: If OK, yeah, override the model. That's I, I like when someone is not uh, sacred to their model. By the way, Corbin Burns in winning the Cy Young last year, the fewest number of logged innings for any Cy Young winner in uh, of all time, by the way, 167 innings. Uh, so we will see if uh, and, and
5: Gil, that's yeah, gonna, I've got some goodie. I've got some goodies for you. So that'll come in in one of my goodie bag plays. So,
3: OK, let's do it. Let's get to your plays. What do you got?
5: OK, well, I want to just talk about because I know I know you and it's it's really good conversation, these future plays. And so I wanted to kind of I took a different angle this year, Gil. And what I did is I did for for the five major awards or the four, I guess, AL Cy Young, NL Cy Young, NL MVP and AL MVP. I went group of five with all of them and. So, the group of five, Cy Young for NL, let me just tell you who they are. And it basically has to do with my, my strikeout calculations versus how they're priced in the market. Mm-hmm. I've got, and this was, this was uh, today's odds uh, by one of the legal books here in, in uh, Arizona. Uh, I've got Peralta 35 to 1, Rodone 15 to 1, Scherzer. Uh, five to one. And I put DeGrom, this this, this goes back to the, I don't think you need that many innings to, to win this award uh, at 18 to one and Kershaw at 40 to one. And basically you you put that into a group and you get like two to one odds on that group. I think that's a formidable group, uh, group of five, if you will. Gil.
3: Wait, so are there, are there markets where you're allowed to group five guys together
5: and do that? Well, no, you can just you can just do it. So, what you need to do is you need to have like be able to calculate. So, for oh, I for see. Instance, I see what you did. You just made five for separate. Instance, yeah, you're you're spreading hundred dollars around. Are you put you put eight bucks on Peralta, eighteen on Rodone, Serser. You put fifty bucks on Degrom, fifteen and Kershaw seven, roughly. Uh, and uh, so, if any of them win, you know, you're going to get paid out one hundred ninety nine. Uh, so, a two to one on that.
3: So, I like it. Did you do that? And you did that for other markets as well.
5: I did. Yeah, right, I did it for the.
3: Let's go so through.
5: Okay, cool. So we'll go Al Cy Young, and this is the this is the group I came up with. Robbie Ray nine to one, Galsman, twenty two to one, Syndergaard, forty to one, Cease twelve to one, and Severino. Are you ready for this? Da da One hundred to one. That's my hundred to one. There's
3: your hundred to one for the man who gave us Robbie Ray at the end of July. I want to say last year at a hundred to one, maybe mid July, right after the All Star break. There is your group with Severino being a hundred to one in that group. Hmm.
5: So and if you spread if you spread your money around evenly, that's gonna pay two point nine to one, basically, if, if any of those guys come in.
3: All right, I like this. We're gonna have to keep you after the break, Mark. You down with that? You okay with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. All right, actually. let's try let's try to squeeze in one more market here before we get about 30 seconds. What's next?
5: Okay, ALMVP, and I'm just gonna go against Otani, okay? Yeah. And and we can talk about this a little bit more, but this is my this is my group of five. Trout plus 475, Vlad plus 550, Judge 25 to one, Alvarez 30 to one, and Jose Ramirez 30 to one, and it pays plus 132. That group of five.
3: Hmm. Not mentioned Byron Buxton, your future American League MVP. I know
5: he was close, Gil, and I know I know you're high on him. Yeah. No.
3: All right, no. Let's talk about. I, I like this. Uh, we'll continue with Mark's group of five, goodie bag awards, and get his picks for today in Major League Baseball. We'll do that on the other side. Paul Carr also joining us. If you want some Champions League quarterfinal leg two action, midday today, we got that coming up. Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Gil Alexander on Veesen, the sports betting network.
3: Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24/7 streaming, daily best bet emails including advice, data and strategy for only $19. That's 19 United States dollars. Our all digital MLB guide at veesen.com is available now and Adam Burke has futures team previews and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weigarten's MLB futures bets trends and more. Sign up today and get full access to Veesen through the NFL draft for only $19 at veesen.com slash spring. We get tweets. Phil Weiss, one of the great honest guests that you have on your show. Thank you, Phil. As far as the rest of it, Phil, I'll give you a hug. Phil, when you're in town, hugs, free hugs for you. You you into it, Jeff? Hugs, free, free hugs for Phil Weiss? Yes? Yeah, I'll, give, I'll give him a. will okay. give him a pound. I'll give him a nice uh, <laughs> fistful, knuckle, no, pound. Uh J. Rod, who was at Bet Bash too, was great meeting J. Rod. He said, uh, "Would you?" Oh, I wish I had seen this. He said, "Would you jump in live on Novak?" He lost the first set. He was actually down the first set, and then he was down a break. He has broken back. I wonder what his. You'd have to tell me what his price was. I did not see what his price was. After all, he is Novak Djokovic. So I'm not sure what you got on that number. Uh, let's see, do, 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 this is from, <laughs> uh, Hayden Sherman, he says, feel like back in the Vikings has an emotional hedge on losing, uh, on losing Kirk, on losing Kirk, what are we talking about here? Uh, let's see here, do, to do, J-Rod, he's made, oh, Carlos Alcaraz to win the French Open, he said, I don't care, I didn't get the number you got, Gil, I'm still betting him, okay, I got 11 to 1 on it, Bruce, uh, he's like 3 or 4 to 1 now, Bruce Dalbingan. Uh, possible they can get your tennis picks from primetime action because of what's going on, you know, Monte Carlo overnight bets on the newsletter with Euro season here. It's hard to get them in time from, for the morning show. Yes. Um, is that on Kelly to do that? Jeff? Would Kelly Bidlin? That, that's that's no, not me. It's not that's your jurisdiction. You. <laughs> Jeff's like, I'm five and eight for this show. I can't be a producer for something else. <laughs>
4: no, that 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 uh, that
3: would uh, that would be a uh,
4: that would be a question for Mr. Bidlin there, uh,
3: Gilly. Yeah, Tim woo Woohoo! You and Drew uh, prompted me to get in on Karatsev at plus two fifteen down a set after he dropped the tiebreaker. Let's go! Oh yeah, he was a little more aggressive on the let's go, and on and on. Uh, I could run Burgundy through some of these. Uh, do I dare this? Do this one, Mike Alvarez. <laughs> I'm gonna have Ron Burgundy throw a Mike Alvarez tweet. How could Mark be the king of the nerds when he has uh, that hardcore gangster rap intro to his pod? It can only be, uh, it can only be rivaled by uh, uh, Rufus Peabody's pod intro. <laughs> That's right. Rufus has one that is uh, cringy. Would you say cringeworthy? The intro on that one, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Borchard back with us to give us his group of five bets. Uh, let's do NL MVP. What do
5: you got? Okay, so be- before I get into my group of five, I just want to say that I think Juan Soto is probably a good bet here, but I'm going to play against him. The reason I say this is because Soto is, uh, you know, he's kind of he's kind of like winning an Oscar. You know, you you don't win it the first year, but he's like the sentimental voter favorite. Yes. But I just I couldn't I couldn't do like you know Soto plus three hundred. I think this is a better way. If you if this is a better way to attack it rather than just a straight no bet, which I don't even know if you could you can say Soto no to win the MVP. Uh, but this is my group of five. So and it pays out like plus one sixty three if 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 anybody hits. Uh, I've got Harper nine uh, nine to one, Freeman ten to one, Olson twenty five to one. Alonso thirty to one, and you also get Acuna at seven point five to one. I think that that's a better way to to attack. Uh, you know, Soto not winning the MVP, and uh, I, I mean, I think that's pretty pretty clever way to do it, Gil.
3: I was waiting to see if you had Acuna in there, and you did at the end. Uh, I, I agree with you about Soto, and uh, this as a guy who had him seventy five to one last year. Uh, it still hurts. It still hurts that he didn't win that last year, especially when Major League Baseball <laughs> announced Mike Schmidt's going to be giving away the NL MVP award. You're like, oh god, I know where this is going. Um, they telegraphed the pass. In other words, what other markets have you done this for?
5: You know, I, I did home run market. Let me Let's let me do that. see if I let me see if I can pull that up. I have it right here. That's great. Um, okay, so home runs. And uh, I projected home runs, and I don't, I don't have the actual projections, but it's basically uh, the way I, I priced this was home, my home run projection versus their odds uh, in the market. I kind of was looking for disparity there. So I've got Olson 22 to 1, Trout, 22 to 1, uh, Tyler O'Neill, 30 to 1, Kyle Schwarber, 22 to 1, and Jose Ramirez, 50 to 1. If that group gets the home run, you get plus 227 for the group bet. Mm. And so I like that. Mm.
3: Not listed: Corey Seager or Byron Buxton. <laughs> I just want to throw in one side. They have. just
5: missed, <laughs> did I, they? You know, I think, oh, good. And I, I think it was more like a pricing issue. Yeah. Uh, and and I just I didn't like their odds consistent with the uh, with the projections I had for for their home runs.
3: I'm just messing. I'm just those are bets that I have, so I just uh you know it's the it's the voice in my you head have, saying, you have
5: Seager, you have Seager and Buxton in the home run market. No, I don't
3: have Buxton in home run. I do have Seager in home run, though. Yeah. I have uh, Seeger in home run, and then some randos. But Seeger was the one where I had the big number on him. I also have Randy Grichik at, at 250 to one, as well for the home run title. He's got to uh, start flying him out of Coors, but.
5: Is is that because he's a friend of the show, though?
3: <laughs> what makes you say that? No, I know, I know heard you just because also. After, no, I'm not betting because. Yeah, not because he's friend of show, but because he moved ballparks, and I think that he's going to uh, start crunching them. Although I'm the first person to admit, Coors is really about doubles and triples, right? Which is why I have Chris Bryant for RBI. Did you do RBI, by the way?
5: I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I did. I did those five markets, which is okay. pretty much five more than than I've done in the past. Yeah, but, I was going to you know, say. You put, you put me on the spot last year, and I was like, "Hey, man, this this is easy money. Go with Robbie Ray." Robbie <laughs> you know? Ray, and
3: we all laughed. We all laughed. Me and Paul Spore had a good snicker about it, and look at us. But
5: but, but 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 really, like I, the reason I kind of attacked it was twofold. First of all, I, I think I think they're good bets to bet a group like this. But yeah. secondly, you have like these five guys you can follow throughout the season. It's it's a very fun bet to make.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, these are. I'll be honest with you, I've drifted over the years, and I used to do great in season wins, right? The season win totals. That was my bread and butter. I never was anything but good at them, right? Had, you know, would go 3 and 0, 2 1, 3 and 1 routinely, right? I don't think we ever had a seriously with season wins because it's 162 games, right? You can overcome negative variance. Like your handicap should manifest if it's a good handicap. But for whatever reason, and I think it has a lot to do with just my schedule. I, I think you have to do, like, serious deep dives into season wins. Like, you really have to treat that lovingly. And I just don't have the time to do it. With these, it's a little different. And so that's what I've gravitated Yeah, no, but
5: you're right. You really have to stimulate the season and yeah. you have to really calculate every game. It, totally. It, it takes a long time, believe me. I mean, I, I felt like I've, I was, like, uh, cramming for, like, my uh, – Oh, I I know, you know, and the terms or something, it was brutal, man, because this year, like they just didn't give you that much run up. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking they're going to start the season in June. I've got some time. And then they're like, nope, you guys are going April 7th. I'm like, bam, I need to get on it here. Well,
3: Mark, not only that, So I used to write these manifestos. Adam Burke does them 10 times better than I do them. But I used to write these like long manifestos. And then I was asked by by someone here one year. I was like, Okay, well, I get you don't have time to do them. Can you do like just little truncated capsules? And I'm like. To be honest with you, like, it makes me look, first, I can't do truncated because it makes me look like I didn't do the deep dive on it, and I don't think you can properly write these without being thorough. Like, it's, all, anyway, that's just the nerd in me. No, you're so, right, and yeah.
5: Adam does a great job, too. Yes, so. he they, does a spectacular job. Absolutely. Best
3: season win total write-ups I've ever seen in my life. Um, okay, so today, what do you got in baseball?
5: Okay, well, I'm going to go with, uh, the first game I like is Cleveland with Shane Beaver, B. Burr. Uh, over Cincinnati, Tyler Molly. And I, I've got this priced at minus 141. I was showing it uh, before the show at minus 114. And basically, like, why does Shane Bieber, he's so, so he's second in the Cy Young uh, AL award. And uh, why is he priced at minus 114? I've got him the eighth best pitcher in baseball, base winner number of 67. I don't mind Molly. He's 57th in baseball, or 57th out of 150 starters, rather. Uh, I've got him at, at an 86th base winner number, and that's pretty much the main reason. I do like the, the uh, Cincinnati office just a little bit better than Cleveland, but uh, I've got Cleveland 26th in baseball. Uh, Cincinnati 27th in baseball. So you're just getting such a better pitcher there. I'd like the bullpen number two a little bit of a lot more, actually, for Cleveland in this situation. I think this is a good price to go with. The, the second favorite in the Cy Young market, minus 114 with Cleveland.
3: And as Joey Votto taught us with the live mic, Tyler Molly not exactly good with runners on first, uh, which was just awesome audio with Joey Votto mic'd up. The did game. he
0: really say that?
2: He That's did.
3: Crazy. While the game was going on, he's like, so Tyler's not really, I, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, Tyler really doesn't do a good job keeping these runners on, so I, my job is to do this right here. Like, So it's just fabulous getting that kind of uh, insight in the middle of a game, talking sh- talking smack i know he didn't mean it that way but really being honest about what his pitchers sort of flaw was and what his job was therefore with that particular starter on the hill what else today besides the guardians
5: well gail i hope this this play is not too brash but i'm gonna go with matt brash and go with seattle here and i (laughs) I, i like i like this this pitcher. i've got him 68th out of 150th and Vince Velasquez uh, he's going to get the start for the White Sox I've got him 110th out of 150 so I've got it priced minus 115 you're getting plus a 111 on it I think this is a pretty good play Gil
3: Mariners Matt Brash anything else or just those two
5: uh you the two that I wanted to give out on your show. Okay. Gil. I gotta, I gotta save some ammo for my next show. So.
3: I understand. You got things to do, man. Mark Borchardt from bet us or no, it's bet us. Sorry. Bet us as well as clear data sports. Are we still doing clear data sports. Yes. BaseWinner.com, Gil. BaseWinner.com. Just like I said before, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it.
5: My pleasure, Gil. Thanks.
3: Mark Borchardt, the greatest. Love that dude.
5: Paul Carr,
3: Champions League picks for today.
5: Bill
0: Alexander on VSEN, the Sports Betting
3: Network. Back on the numbers game. Looks like we're going to split our tennis matches. Uh, David Goffin gets it done in straight sets. Looks like Karatsev, who's down a uh, set and down a break, has got the trainer out. We have some people who are like, "Go ahead, quit, man, quit. Do it. Do us a solid." Yeah, we already had a good break on that last week. Could we? Could we dare get two of those in a row? Um, we deserve a bunch of them, by the way. But looks like we'll split him. We'll see. Paul Carr, ladies and gentlemen, joins us now from his lair somewhere in Topeka, Kansas. After uh, having a chat with him last night about the
6: Champions League, let's do it again. How you doing, Paul? I'm well. Ready? Yeah. Champions League. Love it. This is always the my favorite time of the soccer year. These last couple months, of the European season. What's wrong with your boy uh,
3: Bobby Witt Jr.? What's what's going on? What's this? What's Nothing. the story, man?
6: Just not out. Gonna... I think he's he, he's winning MVP, right? <laughs>
3: He's he's in a bit of a uh, early season let's overreact
6: swoon. So I'm just trying to react to it. Yeah. he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Okay, uh, get get my uh, get my rookie of the year ticket paid off. Let's see.
3: <laughs> uh, do you have rookie of the year? You bet him. Yeah,
6: I do. I think it was five to one or so. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, very much a homer pick, but no, still I mean
3: reasonable. Eh, it's yeah, probably probably a good pick in the end. All right, yeah. so Champions League again for those who are let's take the average American sports fan who's like, okay, what's this thing
6: again? This is uh, you will explain. what would what would what's the analogy that you use again? This is your NCAA tournament. This is the best teams from all the leagues across Europe. The top, you know, one to four teams, depending on how good and big your league is. And they all go into a big group stage in the latter half of the year and then the knockout stage now. So we're on the second leg of the quarterfinals. The only difference is it happens in the middle of the regular season. That's right. It runs concurrently with the regular <laughs> league season and yes. cups and everything else, which, yeah, it's just it's a weird thing to wrap your head around as it's, an American fan.
3: It's, it's what Adam Silver proposed to mm-hmm. do in the NBA a couple years ago. And I think he still wants to do it, even though it's been shelved a little bit, is to have in the middle, imagine in the middle of the NBA season It's a little different comparison because these are actually the same teams in the same league, as opposed to the champions league, which is teams from different leagues around Europe. Adam Silver wants to do some random NBA tournament in the, like in December or January.
6: Yeah. And you know what? I think it'd be pretty popular. It'd be weird. And you'd have to kind of adjust to the fact that it exists. But it would be a lot of fun to throw. It'd be almost like a midseason college basketball term, you know, your Maui Invitationals and such that are always fun.
3: Jeff is reacting. You, do you think it will be popular? Do you think people would would take to it? We'd bet on it, I'm sure. I know
4: we would bet on. Yeah. It. I'm not <laughs> sure how uh, how it would be received other yeah, than
3: that. I'm not sure. I, you're right. All right. So let's go to. We have two games today at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. Then we have another two games tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, 12 noon Pacific. So really, we have two Champions leagues, uh, two Champion League games, second leg quarterfinals today two NBA play-ins, same thing tomorrow. Uh, So that's interesting how they ran um, together like that. Real Madrid and Chelsea, pardon me, you have a play on the total here in the second leg.
6: I do. Real Madrid leads this one 3-1 after the first leg. Benzema got a hat trick at Chelsea. Uh, I think we're going to see goals again here in the second leg. Uh, Chelsea obviously has to score at least twice just to get it to extra time. And Real Madrid is lethal on the counterattack. It's what they do. So Chelsea's going to press, try and get something going. I know they don't have Lukaku, but frankly, the numbers say they've been better without him offensively this year. Uh, They look good over the weekend against Southampton, hanging six on him, I think and Chelsea's going to have the ball. Real Madrid's going to have counter chances, and I think those two things add up to goals, so I have over two and a half at minus 125. All
3: right, by the way, I did this yesterday, too. I buried the headline. Paul, I mentioned this earlier on the show. You went 3-0 and <laughs> on your Premier League dogs, punctuated yeah. by the draw in the Liverpool-Man City game. Congratulations
6: to you. Well done. Uh, it's, it's always nice. You feel like you're in the Matrix or something. You can just see everything in slow motion mm-hmm. when all the, the plays work out exactly as you think they're going to.
3: Sometimes, you're just in the groove like that. It's so easy, and then other times you're like, is you serious? I cannot <laughs> by a single win. Uh yep. okay. Also today then, concurrent again same time as the as the uh, Real Madrid Chelsea game, Bayern Munich from Bundesliga against Villarreal from La Liga in Spain and uh, Villarreal took the first one 1-0. So yep. again this was... aggregate scoring the the away team thing has been scuttled. That doesn't exist anymore.
6: Yep, yep. so for Bayern to advance they just have to win by multiple goals. They're going to score. they scored in 52 straight home games going back over two years. Uh, so I also think Villarreal is going to have chances to get goals. They obviously got one on the first leg. They had – I lost track of how many chances on the counter that didn't even result in shots, just multiple opportunities. And despite that, the expected goals numbers, the underlying numbers were about the same for Byron and Villarreal. And Villarreal manager Unai Emery, he's you know he's not a household name outside of the soccer world, but he's got this knockout stage magic where he's won three Europa leagues, he's won four Europa leagues, he's finished second with another one, um, and so I I think he's gonna he's got something figured out. So the bottom line here is Byron's gonna score. I think Villarreal will have plenty of chances to score. So I like both teams to score here at minus one twenty. Okay, so today Real
3: Madrid Chelsea over two and a half goals. Uh, always shop around for the best price on that. And then Bayern Munich, Villarreal, both teams to score, minus 120. And just remember, uh, beyond the bet, if Bayern Munich leads 1-0 or 2-1 or whatever, 2-1 would mean you'd cash your bet but then they'd play 30 minutes to
6: break the tie. Is that how that works now? Yep. Okay. Yeah. If it's all level on aggregate, after 90 minutes, they go to extra time. And generally that extra time does not count in your bets unless you bet on a team to advance or to qualify or something
3: that like that. That is correct. We want to make that distinction. Okay. Tomorrow, since we probably won't have a chance to talk to you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific also here stateside. Uh, let's start with uh, Liverpool from the Premier League. Benfica from the Primera Liga in Portugal. You also have a play on a total here. The first uh, result of that game was Liverpool
6: winning it handily in the first leg of the quarterfinals, three to one. And I think we got a glimpse of what we might see in the last round. Uh, in that one, Liverpool won on the road by two goals. Also, they came home against enter and were really pretty conservative. They actually lost the game. Liverpool did, but still advanced. They lost one nil to enter, but went through two, one on aggregate. Anyway, I think. We could see the similar thing here in that Liverpool has this two-goal lead. They're very comfortable. Uh, So I don't see a lot of scoring in this. You know, if Liverpool scores an early goal, they can just shut it down completely with a three-goal lead. And if Finafica scores, I think Liverpool's defense gets even tighter. Uh, They know just one more goal will pretty much still end it. So I I like under three and a half. Liverpool's a high-scoring team. These are always not the most fun bets to make, but I think this will be a low-scoring thing. So under three and a half goals for the total minus 125 the price I got. All right,
3: then Manchester City and Atletico Madrid, Atleti as they call them, uh that is tomorrow and the the first one went 1-0 in favor of
6: Man City. That's right. And Atletico not only had no goals, they had no shots. So little zero, zero shots. shots. 0.0 shots in the game. Come on. Uh, was, How's that possible? Was, really? Not one. I mean, not one. I mean, Man City had 70% possession. Atletico had a couple counter opportunities that looked promising, but just didn't develop because city got back and shut them down or Atletico biffed it, or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. So we're going to see a similar sort of game here. Like atletico's dream game is to win this one, one nil and get to penalties. And so th- they're going to try to do that. You know, they have a little bit of counter opportunities, but again, city shut them down last time. I think they'll do it again. Uh, I'm, I'm not overthinking this. I'm going with the team. That's going to have two thirds of the ball Probably going to out-shoot them by 10-plus shots. I'm, I'm going to take Man City to win uh, minus 120 my price. I think I saw it at minus 130 this morning. That's about as far as I would go. Uh, so, yeah, I like City to win. Just in the simple math of having this many more shots, this many more chances, I think they'll get it done.
3: Yeah, that no, so that interests me because if they got 0.0, 0 shots on goal, <laughs> like what what would you anticipate? What would you project their in a typical game their shots on goal would be against Man City?
6: Yeah, I mean, they're Atletico let be pretty happy if it's like 15 to five, something yeah. like that, where they get, you know, two or three, ideally two or three of those chances for atletico are, are pretty decent opportunities on the counter and they limit city. Again, I think it was 15 shots for man city in the first game, but the quality of shot was super low. It was one of the lowest that cities had in any game this year. So from a defensive standpoint, atletico really got what they wanted in that first game. They just didn't convert those couple of chances they had into actual shots. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you said they were outshot. 15 to five in this one that would feel about right. Athletic would probably take it and they would assume one or two of those would have a really good chance of turning into a goal. I am no soccer expert, Paul Carr, but I I'm pretty sure you got to really
3: shoot the ball on goal to uh, win a soccer game. It, it,
6: it's very difficult to win without a yeah. shot. He <laughs> will say a once in a while, like, once in a while no shots and you get an own, own goal or goal. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there are,
3: yeah, yeah, can be done. A lot of them, but not. Yeah, you're you're pretty much setting the uh, the challenge bar high. All right. Yeah. So again, today Real Madrid, Chelsea over two and a half goals. Bayern Munich, Villarreal, both teams to score. That's today. Tomorrow, Liverpool, Benfica under three and a half goals from Paul, and then Man City to win at Atleti minus one twenty. All games in Birmingham, Jeff. No, that's just for the USFL. <laughs> can you imagine all these games in Birmingham, Alabama? Uh, Enjoy Birmingham.
6: Yes. They could play them in Birmingham, England. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) they played some big games there in the past.
3: We're amazed that all those USFL games are being played in Birmingham, Alabama. All right. And then just again for the American sports fan, and I'll throw myself into this too. We played two legs in in the round of 16. We played two legs in the the quarters. Do we stop with the two legs in the next round?
6: Nope. Two legs in the semis, which are, I think, the last week of April. And Mm -hmm. then a single game final uh, in the middle of May.
3: Okay. So two legs in the semis as well. All right, Champions League, four plays for you. Paul, we appreciate it as always, man. Thank you. You bet. Have a good one. You too. The great Paul Carr. You can follow him on Twitter, at Paul Carr. That's C-A-R-R. He is the host of the Expected Value podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Also does his uh, stuff with True Media Networks. Major League Baseball teams, for all kinds of teams around the country, it used to be at ESPN stats and information as well. Uh, we'll come back. I did make an NFL draft prop bet yesterday. I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'll tell you what that was, and the uh, it's not much of an experience, but it was kind of comical experience betting it. My second NFL draft bet, a little more than two weeks away. Coming back, numbers game, Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. work. Gil Alexander
0: on v the Sports Betting
3: Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. I like that word, unleashes. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty Program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Skill Alexander. Um, Matt Santos, who produces the Lombardi line, and uh, it's not an official numbers game number producer. Matt was not, but was it's a half number. Right? He was a half number. Was he? Was he five and a half? No, six, six, six and, a half. and a half. Six, six and a half, half. half man. Matt. Matt came in here. He reminded me of something we were on primetime action last night. Matt Brown, Kelly Billen, and I, and we were watching your Mets, Jeff. You know where this is going. Squander a four to nothing lead in the eighth. Quality loss by the Mets last. Night. Mets gonna Mets. Uh, the, the Phillies plated five runs at the bottom of the eighth. It was start that that whole five run eighth started with a with a walk uh, issued to Alec Bohm. And that started the rally, and they ended up five runs later, and they, that held up in the ninth, and the Phillies with a great come-from-behind win. But what Santos was talking about, and he's right, you know, for those who missed it, Bohm had three throwing errors. Yeah, I want to say in the first three innings of the game. Yeah, correct. So we started, we started looking. First of all, it was very difficult to research who has the most errors in a Major League Baseball game. Because you're inevitably thrown to, you know, the most errors by a team in a game, most errors by position. Anyway, I I sort of out loud, I was like, I bet you it's like some player in the 1800s when they were wearing those ridiculous gloves. And sure enough, that's what it is. Like there's the whole 1800s and the early 1900s where a bunch of guys had like five errors. So it's very difficult to find anybody who had more than three errors in any game in modern baseball history. But he bounced back with that, and what Santos was saying was, "and you can, and you can let us know, you can let me know where I'm wrong on this." That apparently after the game, so he was he admitted to being super frustrated with the uh, with the Philly fans. They were giving it to him when he had the throwing errors. He was actually caught on camera expressing his displeasure during the game. About the Philly fans, uh, There was a
4: word we can't say on, right. on the air, but it's along the lines of I hate this place with a curse word. Right. Throw it in there. Hmm, I wonder what that curse word was. Yeah, I think he can yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Uh, but he owned it after the game, and he handled it very well. And uh, it was after he actually made a play, and the, the big sarcastic cheer for making the proper <laughs> throw to first is what.
3: Uh, but, but Santos is right. Imagine yeah. if they hadn't come back and won. Yeah, it might have been a little bit different. Yeah. Might have been a little different. What about your Mets,
4: man—they're—they're they, they're the same old team. The lineup's a little bit better, but the bullpen still stinks. Despite a, uh, a lot of smart people trying to tell you that they had a top ten bullpen going into
3: the year. It's defeated, soaked in defeatism. Five games. We're already <laughs> where we need to be. Just Gale. drenched in it. Like if I if I said to Jeff, they're gonna make the playoffs. Jeff like, no, they're not. Just stop it. This should be five and zero, oh right? Now. Every Mets, every Mets fan's like, no, they're not. Stop with that. All right, so the NFL draft is now 16 days away. By the way, let's hope that the wind has calmed down before uh, the NFL draft. Yesterday, we drove to primetime action. There was a moment on my drive where I couldn't see a hundred feet in front of me. Don't take the freeway during dust storms, pro tip. So um, we have these these you know huge wind going on right now. I think we'll be fine in two weeks. March Madness was beautiful, so I'm sure we'll be the Vegas has it lucky like that. So we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll have good weather come NFL draft on April 28th, Thursday, April 28th. I have made my first two bets now. I mentioned the other day that I that I bet first cornerback drafted. I give Matt Brown, my co-host on uh, Primetime Action, all the credit for this one. Derek Stingley Jr., plus 280. Right now it's about plus 255. Hasn't drifted that much since I made the bet. Obviously, all the mocks you see have... Ahmad sauce Gardner from Cincinnati going as the first cornerback and he's like minus 400, but Stingley is like the, the most non-parallel athlete out there. And I just don't believe that he is not a coin flip to be the first cornerback picked come draft day. And all it takes is one mock from the right person in between now and then and I think Stingley's number crashes. So I'll I, oh, shout out to Matt Brown on that. Derek Stingley, plus 280. That is still available at around again, plus 255 at shops like uh, William Hill. Then yesterday I went to uh, stations here in town, Jeff. And good on stations for putting up NFL draft props, by the way. Can we give them a shout out, stations? Nice job. So I go into stations. And, and you know, with a shop like that, you have to – this is where I get into the whole thing, you know how people wear it as a badge of honor when they get banned from William Hill over the years, past years of William Hill, and I'm like, well, you you wear it as a badge of honor, but like the object is to stay, right? The object is not to get banned, so it's so ridiculous when people do that. I think betters. So, at stations, you have to play that game kind of too. You don't want to go crazy. Like, I don't want to walk in and bet quarterbacks drafted in the first round and say yeah, I had like five dimes on this. You don't do that. And I always set you know the number at. at uh, At a place like Stations, at one dime, and don't try to go too crazy. Just just try to bet that the most, and then it won't you know won't go they won't go nuts about it. But I got there and I was like, yeah, I'd like to uh, bet uh, quarterbacks drafted in the first round. And the guy was super nice, and he's like, well, and I already knew what the number was, right, and the price. He's like, well, the over's uh, minus one fifteen, and so's the under at three, at minus one fifteen. I said, I like the over. He's like, how much you want to bet for? I was like, oh, I'd like to to win to win a thousand, please. And he goes, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> hey, do you have a card? card? I was like, uh, sure, I think I do. Let me search for that. You know that is. that um, is. So I was worried, like, if I had gone for two dimes, would, like, sirens have gone off in there? I have no idea what would have happened there. By the way, this is over at Palace Station where Jeffrey Benson used to be. Jeffrey Benson used to, like, shout across the room. He was so nice and say, hey, Gil, how you doing? This is before I even knew him. And uh, so anyway, they, no problem. I got the bet. And so it moved quarterbacks drafted in the first round, which to me is at at three is a push or you're going to win. But I just don't think that these teams in the NFL can resist drafting quarterbacks as poor, as poor as this draft class is supposed to be in terms of the quarterbacks projecting forward to the NFL. I don't think three, I don't think, you know, 30 of the 32 picks can resist picking a quarterback three at a minimum I'm guessing it's going to be four, so I went over three minus 115. It moved to minus 140 on the over. So, apparently, my wager moved at 25 cents. So, now, the question, Jeff, is do I go back in there today and try to bet another dime on minus 140, or do I reduce that to a nickel so as not to alert the— because I think Metro's going to show up if I, do an, <laughs> if I do a dime.
4: I would say bring it down.
3: Bring it down. I would a say nickel. bring it down. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see how it moves. But I like the bet. Like, I like that bet a lot. I know there's some two-and-a-halves out there in some shops, but you have to lay a bunch of juice on that. You may end up winning that one, and I may end up pushing. I just don't want to lay minus 275 or whatever on it. Um, although, to be honest with you, if it's still around, like maybe I end up betting that too. Do you think that there's any chance, any chance whatsoever, that only two quarterbacks will be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft? I mean, there's a chance at anything. No, I no, no, no. Let fair. me rephrase that. Do you think there's any chance? <laughs> Seriously, you know how these teams are. I expect th- a
4: minimum of three. I do too. Because Willis Pickett, definitely, definitely those two, and then you just need Corral, Corral, or Ritter, or or, or Howl to go. I think Corral is going to be the third one who goes, uh, for sure, in the first round. And then you just need either someone to. Fall in love with Desmond Ritter. Good luck. And uh, you need someone uh, to uh, potentially fall in love with Sam Howell. Good luck if you're making those picks. Good for our bets.
3: Probably not good for those teams down the road. It's so funny, right? Because both things can be true. Because I say it all the time. Teams are justifiably quarterback crazy the first round of the NFL draft. You are nothing without a great quarterback in this league. So I totally get it. On the other hand, I think Joe Burrow and... And Justin Herbert have ruined this, like have ruined the perception of rookie quarterbacks. Those two guys have been so otherworldly good that we forget that nine out of ten times the dude you're drafting in the first round is going to be an all-in-out, an all all you know, all-out bust, or a guy that just drifts throughout the league and just sort of peters out. And I don't know if any of these five guys that are listed as the top five quarterbacks ready to go. I don't know if any of the ones mentioned are going to be anything in this league. But I damn well want to bet over three. That's for sure. So that's the bet. Quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Over three, minus 115. You can still get the over at minus 140 on three at that very same shop. Jeff, you still uh, still, uh, betless on the NFL draft? Nothing for you yet?
4: Still nothing.
3: Really? How many how many do you anticipate happening by the time the draft rolls around? Not
4: not not, it's not, as, your man, thing. not as many as usual. Really? Well, well let's well, see let's see as the bet let's see as the market starts populating here in Nevada, Gil.
3: Uh yes. Shout out to William Hill and Stations for putting up NFL draft props before everybody else. Let's give them some some a little golf clap for that. Well done that they uh they have that on their menu some 16 days before the NFL draft. I don't know that I'll have as many as I normally do. The whole thing with eight teams having two, a quarter of the league having uh, two picks, could create some uh, shenanigans come draft day, April the 28th. The Lombardi line is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: WORK.